Well, I can't beat an intro like that. Hello and welcome to the new My Football Club podcast. I'm your host, Augustine Sasso. You can email me at augustine.sasso at myfootballclub.co.uk. This is a special show, and I apologize for not getting it out earlier. Now, last week I spoke with Tony Giles. Now, I talk at length with him about what he does, his history at the fleet, some of the young lads coming up. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Here now is Mr. Tony Giles. I've been supporting the club now probably for 35 years. Wow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sort of uh, not not as long as not as long as Chaz Webster, but uh, that's because he's older than me. But uh, um, I, 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 throughout throughout the sort of uh, last last 20 years, I've done various um, uh, been engaged in various roles with with the football club. But uh, uh, all all of the roles that I did the football club were all voluntary roles. So uh, I did things like the um, the public address and. Uh, I, for a little while, I was involved in the um, Supporters Association, um, which is sort of the predecessor of the Fleet Trust. But then I took a step away for about, um, well, probably about eight, eight or nine years, to be perfectly honest, uh, and let other people sort of take up the cudgels and, and progress things along. And then this season, um, I offered to just sort of um, help promote other areas of the football club, which is the, um, I, I, uh, I've known Mick Chatwin, who, who sort of uh, is acts as the secretary for the um, for, for the, um, the academy side and the reserves, and I've known I've known Mick for some time. And I said, well, when you go on, when you look at the coverage that the um, uh, what you could call the intermediate level of the club mm-hmm. is, is concerned, um, they don't really get a lot of coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly at the sort of 16 and under age groups and certainly at the women's age groups there's quite a lot of enthusiasm to sort of promote themselves and then when you go from 16 to sort of 18 um, the lads are very much left to fend for, them, <laughs> fend for themselves um, in terms of uh, getting themselves to games and being part of the football club and it's it was sort of an area that was, was a little bit neglected from a publicity point of view. So I offered to sort of really just sort of try and raise the profile of, of that level. And uh, in doing so, I've sort of um, been involved in really just trying, just on the website, really, mm-hmm. just trying to put into people's consciousness the uh, the fact that this year we've been running a, a, a you know a second eleven or a reserve side for the first time in in, in many many years. Um, to give those first team players um, an opportunity to play football, really, because uh, unfortunately, if you're in the first, you know, if you're in the first eleven or if you're in the first team squad and you're not selected, you don't really have an opportunity to play any football at all until the, until really the start of this season when we enter the side into the Capital League. So, really, the philosophy there was that. Um, those players who didn't necessarily play on a uh, on a Saturday in the Blue Square South could then at least get a game perhaps once every two weeks, supplemented by some of the um, under 18s, mm-hmm. other the academy team. It's, it's sometimes it's a bit of a logistical <laughs> logistical nightmare because it means that we're we're actually playing two games on the same day. 
So the reserves would play possibly on a Wednesday night, and then the, uh, the reserves, or, so the reserves would play on a Wednesday night, and the academy side would play on a Wednesday afternoon. But this year we've got a quite a, a large number of players signed up for the academy, something like 40 boys. Wow, wow. So we're having to sort of, you know, with that number, we're able to at least give everybody involved in the academy a, a, a game at least once every every two weeks. And so we run like the the reserve side, which really gives it Liam the opportunity to give some of his uh, fringe players who are who are not getting a regular game at least a, a run out, uh, supplemented by the academy. And then the academy have got their own league, which is the what they call the Football Conference Youth Alliance, which is a, a small league of uh, 10 clubs um, of a very, very, very high standard, it has to be said. Um, clubs like Cambridge and Rushton uh, and um, Oxford and clubs like that are playing alongside um, ourselves and Dartford and Bromley. Uh, and they play mostly on a Wednesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And most of those lads in the academy are really... Um, uh, students, in addition to playing football, they're also encouraged to, to undertake uh, further education. So a, a lot of the boys are actually at what they call Norfolk Technology College, okay. and they're actually combining academic studies with, with, the, with the football as well. And their academic studies are scheduled so that on a Wednesday afternoon they're free to come, to come and play football. And that, in essence, is managed by Ian Docker, who you may know, and maybe a name that you recognise. I don't know if it's someone that you do know. Hmm. But it basically, Ian works with Liam and with Paul McCarthy in looking after those, those young lads. And then we have another side as well, which plays in the, local, which plays in the county league, which is the, which is the Kent, Kent Youth League, which again is quite a, quite a strong, quite a big league. Um, but that's made up of... Uh, four geographical divisions and so we play cl- clubs on a Sunday morning from a, uh, sort of within about a 20 mile radius uh, and those are the younger lads so those are the guys, guys who are 17 not quite what we call second year students but certainly they're the, they're the first year students and we'd be looking to bring those on and bring them into the academy side that's playing in the Football Conference Youth Alliance. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, I, I get that, and that's uh, really fine work. I mean, I, I understood about the, the reserves. The academy, I did not know. Right. And um, I, I think that's that's great stuff. Now, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to mention uh, the website in my podcast. By the way, I appreciate your reports. I read them. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely appreciate yeah. them. Well, I'm forwarding them on, obviously, as I do them. I forward them on to Keith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, 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 not being a MySC member myself, I, I don't get to see them. But um, I assume that um, Keith and Lorraine are arranging for those match reports to go on to the MySC site. So it'd be good just to sort of put a bit of background in there as well, mm-hmm. certainly in the podcast, and uh, you can direct people to, to what, you know, where that information can be found. But I say that's this, that those three teams are sort of what I call the intermediate level of the club, and then below that we've got all of the um, what we call the youth section, which is under 16s, under 15s, under 14s, under 13s, under 12s. Yeah. And they're all that's all run by Ray Tuff. That's all organised by Ray Tuffield and his committee. 
that's not something that I get involved in, but uh, but you can see we have a uh, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of depth in there, and again when you're getting down to this level, I mean it's all people who are giving up their time freely, uh, unpaid, um, to, to to just try and perhaps unlock you know possibly the next um, Jimmy Bullhart <laughs> or, or someone like that, you know someone that you know the club can sign and. Um, and, and move the club forward and, uh, you know, possibly attract the attention of a, a, a bigger club and bring some money into the football club. And in the meantime, we get, the, you know, we get, you know, some, some benefit out of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, um, I was going to ask you, um, there was the Pace uh, Right. And... I'm assuming that was replaced by the uh, Fleet Academy. Or? It wasn't. It wasn't so much replaced. The terminology just seems to have changed over the last uh, few years. Uh, it universally throughout football, they were sort of known as the Performance Academy and Sporting Excellence or something. I, I can't remember what it actually stood for, but but generally, more colloquially now, they've been become known as academies. And uh, we call it now the academy side, and generally most other clubs call them call them their academies. Mm -hmm. So they they, have, they combine. They're still doing effectively what they have always done, which is combine uh, both the um, football element with um, academic study. So in in essence, you know, we're preparing uh, lads both perhaps to you know advance their their football careers. Um, but giving them that backup, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, in terms of some sort of further, what we call further education over here in, in England, uh, to prepare, prepare them for the real world. Because, as we know, uh, you know, becoming a, a full-time football footballer is fiercely, fiercely competitive, and not everybody makes it. Yes, yes. Um, but there's no reason why, if you can, you know, you can continue with your education and still play football, you can still carve out a um, you know, a, a reasonable, a reasonable career, um, as, as, as you know, playing playing football in this country. So, no, uh, definitely, I, I agree, and um, you know, that just sounds great. That just mm. sounds great. I saw a couple of names, mm -hmm. and uh, I saw them in the in the stat sheet for the. Academy, and then I saw them on the reserve, and so yeah. they look like players that uh, have promise. Um, do you mind if uh, we talk a little bit about? Yeah, them? sure. Yeah, if you want to talk about, you know, I can certainly. I've seen enough of them to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to certainly know, uh, you know, and, and there's some even, you know, below that as well who are start some, you know, what I call first year students or mm -hmm. first year. Uh, uh, players who are starting to sort of knock on the door and, and make a move into the into the you know into that second year team and are really starting to show promise as well. I mean, I think it has to be said this year that probably the the overall depth of the team is not as strong as it was last year. I mean, we were fortunate. I mean, we managed to bring three pl three players through from last year into the squad this year. I mean, unfortunately, Aidan Sherlock's. Been, has suffered a lot from 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 injury, and that probably set him back a little bit. But you know, and Chris Henry's probably not first choice at the moment, you know, because of the position he plays and the strength we've got in those positions. But I mean, 
to see you know players like Tom Fitt come through and, and pretty much be a, 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 a first choice member of, uh, of Liam's side now. And then we go back to last year, you know, players like Michael West. You know, there's every opportunity if you show promise to, to, to you know to get the opportunity to move out of you know out of that academy side. And there might be one or two players that even end up, you know, making their de- making their debuts this year. Maybe, you know, which two, which names did you sort of uh, notice? Sure. Well, um, uh, it's uh, Mr. Aziz. Yes, Longray Aziz. Aziz. Yeah. Aziz. And then Adam and Aaron. Adam Ford. and Aaron. Yes. So. Uh, well, for someone who's been uh, <laughs> who's who's quite a long way away, I think you've picked out probably three of the, the players that certainly are starting you know, to show a little bit of, prom- a bit, a bit of promise. I mean, it, it might have been easy because I saw them score, oh, well, I saw the names next to the, that they had scored goals. So yeah. those are kind of easy to pick out. Yeah. There might be players who um, you know, don't make the score sheet uh, yeah. but are just as good Yeah. better. Uh, so um, are these lads, they're all under 18, I'm assuming? Uh, they're at, uh, no, they'll be under under nine. What they call under nineteen. We have an age group which says they have to be under under nineteen by on the thirty first of August. Okay. So they'll be eighteen on 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 nineteen. But most of them are eight are under eighteen. Most of them are young enough to play in the um, the FA Youth Cup, which again is a competition which says those lads have to be eighteen eighteen or under on the thirty first of August. Uh, yes, and I was following that run. Thanks yes, to it was a good run. Your reports, yes, yes, yeah. excited about it. Well, it's becoming pretty commonplace now, which is, a, you know, which is a, a credit to Ian Docker and uh, to Mick Chatwin. You know, we were involved in uh, obviously coaching and administering that side. But we're almost expecting those lads to get through to the, um, you know, the first round proper of the FA Youth Cup, which is comparable, really, with what the first team did in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, getting through to that first first round is is significant because at that point it, that's where all the uh, professional or the league clubs come in so uh, unfortunately we drew Brighton again yes yes and uh, Brighton have got um, you know quite a talented youth side this year uh, including uh, the son of Darren Caskey who used to play for Spurs but uh, you know and they, they put they put up a, a, a spirited performance but uh, you know I think that the the difference in class told, but uh, you know, I think three 0 probably flattered Brighton to a, to a certain extent. But uh, you know, it, it's it's a measure of what's going on at that level that we do expect them almost to get through to that round of you know that round of the competition. And uh, you know, we even have a sneaking uh, hope that uh, you know they might progress even further as they did a couple of years ago when they um, actually beat Brentford. Well, uh, about the. Uh, three players that I mentioned. Is it uh, too optimistic to say? Is there a timetable for them uh, that we might see them at um, you know at, on, on the first team, or uh, may, maybe maybe the even uh, more basic question: What um, you know? What what positions do they play? You know who they might resemble. Uh, at a professional level, if those questions are yeah, it's difficult, 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 really, because I mean each of them are, are, are fairly individual. Right. Um, 
Adam and Aaron, I don't know how much you know about Adam and Aaron, but they are, in fact, identical twins. Oh. So. <laughs> no, didn't know that. I yes. Yes. Um, they are, they're identical twins, and um, um, Adam pretty much plays as a direct um, centre-forward. Mm-hmm. Um, he tends to be the target man. He tends, he's, he's the tallest, probably the tallest of the, of the, of the front players. And so he's the man that we we look for to get the ball in the box, and uh, he's one of those guys who can you know finish with his head, and he can he can finish with the ball at his feet. Aaron tends to play more down the right hand flank, uh, and tends to be more of a provider. But obviously, can cut in, and uh, we'll be looking obviously to to get to get goals from that position. But uh, he's had a bit of a slow start this year because um, unfortunately he had a quite a, a long suspension which carried over from, from last season. So we didn't really start seeing him until October. Mm-hmm. And then Lon Ray, he's, a, he's, he's not, not the tallest of players, um, but he's got lots of energy, he's got lots of ability on the, on the floor, and he has a, an, an uncanny knack of uh, popping up in those key areas of the field um, from which you can actually score goals. So um, that, that tends to be his strength. He tends to come in from pretty much unnoticed and, and can certainly... Uh, create his create opportunities for other players, bring other players into the game, but he can also score goals as well. And are these uh, local local lads? Or? Yes, they're all. I, w- I wouldn't say they were, they're not all from sort of the, the Grays End and Northfleet, Ebbsfleet area. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them are coming in, say, 20, 20 30 miles. Uh, some of them are coming coming in from Essex, mm-hmm. um, and some are coming in from further afield. But it's it's not just the sort of the, the Gratian Borough area. I mean, they, they do they do tend to travel, and they are attracted to the football club. Obviously, with the you know with the success that the football clubs had over the last sort of seven seven or seven or eight years. So you know, they're looking to, to sort of break into football, and they do take their football very seriously. Wow. Well, um, I'm wondering now. Uh, I just. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago uh, we had a problem, uh, you know, with, with poaching, and, and I don't want to. That's why I'm tentative about asking, you know, about players. Um, you know, I, I don't know are are these players are they signed or are, are players generally signed? I don't know if you can. If you can uh, that's something that you can answer. Well, they're 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 obviously registered with the club at the level that they're playing, mm-hmm. so. Um, you know that they'll be registered with the football conference and the capital league, and they'll be registered with the um, the Kent Youth League, mm-hmm. obviously, so that they can play in those competitions. But I don't know how many of those players are actually registered, for example, to play in the in the, in the Blue Square South. There was a story going around that one or two of them might be registered to play. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Liam has had the opportunity to come and watch them a couple of times. But Paul McCarthy is very much involved in, in watching these players, and uh, Ian Docker is a, uh, a pretty good judge of a, a judge of a player. And if, I think if any of those players um, were um, in, in Liam's plans going forward, uh, they would certainly consider signing them on to on, to, on putting them on the Blue Square South forms at least, because obviously once that once that they're signed, um, they they can move on. But we should be entitled to compensation because there's effectively a rule that says, you know, if the player, you know, if we, 
spend time and effort in developing a player whilst they're under the age of 23. Those players, you know, we should be compensated in some way, particularly if those players have played first-team football. But um, right, and I, and I, you know, I only bring that up just to to say that I you know, I don't know much about the rules and. Yeah. See if I'm saying anything wrong. <laughs> really no, no. I mean, I mean, it has to be said. I mean, it has to be said that it's not uncommon for us to see football league scouts at our um, the football conference games, the youth alliance games. Okay. Um, and particularly, you know, we we know there were football league scouts, for example, at the when we you know when we were participating in the FA Youth Cup. Any professional club that's worth its salt will know about those players. Mm, okay. At one level or another. So you know, it's not. I don't feel. Bad. Anything we say is not. You know, we're not going to be hiding anything in anything from from anybody who whose job it is to know about those players. And you know, those they have, they have scouts out and about. They're looking. They're looking at players. Um, certainly at that level, it's not. In in essence, I mean, until those players start to play, you know, first team football. There's very few clubs that will come in and make a move for a player, you know, that's playing at, at this particular level at this particular time. There'll be the bigger clubs. They'll be quite content to look at those players and see how they progress and, and, and see them develop. Because you know, one or two of those players are are not are, are still rough diamonds. They're not the finished article yet. <laughs> and uh, certainly, it's not until you know. One of the reasons why we introduced the reserve side is because we became very conscious. The, the step from playing uh, youth football to playing uh, first team football is quite a huge step, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. in terms of the in terms of the physicality of the game, uh, and and in, and in terms of the pace of the game. You know, the youth team tends to be a lot sh- slower, and certainly it's, it's a lot less physical. So the opportunity, obviously, of introducing the reserve side and giving those players the opportunity to play at that level, you know, it's giving them something different, to, a, a different challenge, so to speak. Yes, yes, I understand. Wow. All right, well, um, that's really all the questions I have. Um, I don't know if you uh, have any additional comments you'd like to make, maybe other players that you think you should get excited about. Um, <laughs> it's difficult, really, because I think you've probably picked two oh. or three that certainly are, you know, players that um, people are beginning to notice. Okay. You know, there's, 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 you know, there's a couple of others as well. I mean, um, certainly from from below that, you know, players like Billy French and players like um, um, Reese Lyons, who are sort of first te- first teamers, are starting to, you know. Featuring in, in Ian's, Ian's plans and starting to play in, in the in the academy, you know, the academy side, um, and then you know players like Josh Blackburn as well, you know, little live wire players they are. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps need to get a bit taller, grow a little bit, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and 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 you know, it's not all about being six foot and being able to jump high, you know. They they, they bring a different dimension to the game, but. Um, I think, as we said, probably this year we're probably not as strong in depth. We probably don't have as strong a side overall as we had had last year. But you know, obviously, the introduction of the reserve side is giving them the opportunity to um, experience football 
you know, in, in a slightly in a slightly different way. And hopefully that will, you know, give us a good opportunity to look at those players and say, yeah, they're ready to step up. And hopefully, you know, those players will develop even further. You know, players like Tom Phipps, you know, when Tom first came into the side this season, um, he looked a little bit lightweight. But I think now people are starting to appreciate what 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 his contribution is for the first team. And, and people are starting to, you know, say good things about him. So um, it's difficult at this stage of the season to... to to really just say, yeah, the, the, you know, these are the players that we've really got to watch out for. The other thing, of course, is that you know, certainly the last month and a half of the season has been severely disrupted by the weather. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, neither the reserve, uh, one of the casualties of um, uh, snow, snowy pitches and things like that tends to be the reserve fixtures and, and the and the academy fixtures. They tend to be cancelled at short notice so they've not really had too many um too many outings let's say over the last uh, six you know five or six weeks which is which is a shame really you know because those are the guys who really want to carry on playing football but hopefully we'll get over the holiday get into january and uh, you know and just the season will kick on again <laughs> you know i know i know there's some games yeah. scheduled uh, i looked at the calendar before some games scheduled in january so yeah well, the added difficulty we've got as well, I mean, I've been talking to Peter Banzi, mm -hmm. and I've been seeing some of the email traffic, obviously, between Mick Chatwin, who's the, who's the secretary for the lads, and, and, and Peter, is that logistically it's very difficult sometimes to, you know, if we've got a game now scheduled, for example, on a Tuesday evening at Stonebridge Road, mm -hmm. to get everything prepared for a Wednesday lunchtime kickoff. Because these games usually played are about one uh, this time of year played about one o'clock in the afternoon. To get to logistically, obviously, get everything cleared up from from the night before, get the dressing rooms cleared up, and everything else in in, in time to actually schedule and that and get the pitch repaired and, and anything else you might need to do with the pitch in time for a Wednesday afternoon game. It's it's very very difficult. It's very mm -hmm. difficult. So it's going to be it's going to be a squeeze to try and get everything in now. Which again is just one of the downsides of you know having uh, having so so many teams having the reserve side and, and, and the academy side. Fortunately, under you know the under the the, sun, the Kent Youth League side, they don't play at um, Stanbridge Road. They play elsewhere on a Sunday. But um, but you know youth reserve games and youth team games are going to be have to be squeezed in now somehow um, around the Tuesday night games for the first for the first team. So it, it's a challenge, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh, we, you know, we, we all realised it was going to be a challenge, and uh, I'm sure it'll work its way through, and uh, everything will get played by the end of the season. Yeah. But we really need um, some of this white stuff to disappear, which it has here. Um, mm -hmm. Fortunately, uh, I see that your part of the world has um, yes. suffered from it <laughs> quite uh, yeah. intensely over the last few days. But, uh, I, yeah, I got got snowed in uh, here in New York. So. Yeah. But uh, we're digging out. We're digging out. Yeah. Well, uh, Tony, I, I'm, I'm going to let you go. I, I appreciate the time. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting your dinner. No, that's no problem. Um, and uh, I believe that uh, the listeners will appreciate, you know, what you've said about uh, the players, what you've explained. I know I, I appreciate it. Um, I look forward to maybe talking to you uh, in in the future. I'll you know I'll email you. Um, you know, maybe 
next couple of months we'll see where these players are um, and if you're so inclined we'll we'll talk about them well by all means give me a call late, late now towards the end of the season and perhaps I'll we'll certainly get a real feeling about that uh, how these how these players are developing and whether we've got any um, uh, future fleet stars uh, that, that may emerge and uh, feature you know in perhaps the season 2011-2012 yeah I, I appreciate your work I know uh, the fans appreciate it and if they didn't know you before they know you now so thank you <laughs> no, no problem alright take care good night alright bye bye well Tony thank you again and next time I'll try not to bother you at mealtime well that's all the show that I have for you today. Remember the websites, myfootballclub.co.uk, absoluteunited.co.uk, on Facebook, facebook.com backslash myfootballclub, on Twitter, twitter.com backslash myfootballclub. That all-important merchandise, myfootballclub.bigcartel.com, and adopt a player. Uh... We got some orphans running around, so give it your best. Uh, myfootballclub.co.uk backslash adopt a player. Until next time, this is your humble narrator signing off. Up the fleet.
So I just keep on reaching 